All right. It was love at the beginning. It's going to be love at the end. <laughs> yeah, forever. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an awesome um, a privilege to be here and to share with Jonathan. And uh, again, I was just looking it up. It was 2010 that I had my first phone conversation, September 2010, with uh, Jonathan. And then I remember um, uh, just the sense of mutual rejoicing in what God was doing. And he ended up flying out to, uh, to where I was. I, I actually sent a couple copies of my book. And he and Cassie read it together in different rooms of their house. And he said I could hear her like breaking out in laughter and saying, What page are you on? You know, and going like, Jonathan, you could have written this book. Anyway, it was great. Um, so we've had a connection, and um, then I just got a text. The reason I want to get that picture is um, uh, when I came out here and did some speaking uh, tours with Jonathan, um, one of my friends came with me who is from the Jesus Movement. He used to live with us uh, in the uh, late 60s uh, in a large Jesus house that we had. We had 35 people living with us. and. Uh, so this guy came out with me. He said, I want to travel with you. I want to be with you. And uh, when I saw Cassie the other day, it was so good to see her. But um, she said, I remember your friend because he and his wife gave me a Vitamix. And we use it every day. So anyway, the, kind of the Vitamix is our little thing. And that's Scott and Andy and McCarroll. So uh, I wanted to send him a picture because he said to tell Gabe hi from him because Gabe unfortunately does not remember it but they had toys and blocks scattered all over the living room and uh, it was a mess it was uh, it was a wonderful family um, just so much life and vitality I um, it's amazing in God's plan sometimes the message he has you carry, it's not one you discover, it's a message that finds you. And that's what happened to me, May 1st, 2002. Six months into recovering and a burnout breakdown, uh, when I sat down at my kitchen table, it was the first day I'd been able in six months to study my Bible. I hadn't been able to read books or watch TV. and uh, That day, I knew my life would never be the same when I got up from the table because I had seen Jesus' commandment. And sometimes it's easy because we, we believe that this word is inspired from cover to cover. We believe in this whole, this whole God breathe. We believe that. Um, but we also have to embrace, and this is kind of a wake up for me, we have to realize that while all truth is equally true, not all truth is equally important in a given moment. And when Jesus, the Son of God, was revealed, it was a high point in the revelation that was going to pull all the pieces together uh, in Him, in one, in the one in whom all authority in heaven and earth was going to be uh, invested. And uh, when that one who was given all authority said, I give you a new commandment, that commandment, has to be linked with the new covenant that was given that night. New covenant and new commandment, I believe, should have inextricably been together for the whole life of the church. 
I, it seems to me that if that had happened, the world would look different today. Christianity would have a different face. But we are in a revolutionary season. One of the definitions of revolution is this, coming full circle back to the point of origin. And I believe God in this revolution, particularly the love revolution element, he's taking his church full circle and bringing us back again to the point of origin and saying, listen to what I commanded you. It's my commandment. It's the new commandment. It goes with my new covenant. And I want you to live this reality out. The reality of what heaven is like. Jesus said, you loved me, Father, before the creation of the world. Isn't that incredible? It gives us such a picture of what heaven is like. It's a place where there is perfect light and perfect love. There's no mixture of any of the things that taint and darken uh, and, and bring obscurity to the grace and truth of who he is. So, uh, foundationally, just to be able to share Jesus' commandment, it's been a huge privilege. It's the calling on my life in this season. It's the primary message I'm to carry uh, at this time. So I want to encourage you, uh, don't forget John 13:34, that incredible moment that Jesus, in his going forward message, said to his disciples, I have a new command for you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, there are two major discourses that Jesus, uh, we have recorded from Jesus. One of them was, was recorded by Matthew. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew 5, 6, 7. An incredibly important um, uh, discourse. And um, it, it was, uh, well, it just it stands alone as just one of the huge points in the Gospels. There was another major discourse, and that was at the very end of his ministry. That was recorded by the other Gospel writer who was present for all of this discipleship journey, and that was by John. And that discourse is found in John 13, 14, 15, 16, and the prayer in 17. So I think both of these discourses have huge weight for us. Um, part of the ministry that I have is urging pastors and ministry leaders to not neglect Jesus, the, the going forward message that Jesus gave on the final evening with his disciples because it introduces so many important themes for the season we are in. And I'm just asking leaders, please take time on a yearly basis to go over that going forward message so we do not lose anchor for the things that Jesus gave us to do in his final message before he went to the cross. And um, I want to focus on that. Uh, early in my journey, I would not have seen this clearly. I, I would not have seen it standing out in this way. But um, 49 years ago, I was gripped by John chapter 15. And I want you to turn there with me and just uh, look at this. It, it, was the, um, it was the first eight verses of, of John 15. And I saw this passage and I went, 
as I read it, uh, we're in a Jesus house. It's Jesus movement. I'm leading a house. We have 30-some people living with us. We're doing outreaches around. I read it, and it's the words of Jesus in the middle of this going forward message that final evening. And he's saying, I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. Cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit and every branch that bears fruity prunes and so that it'll bear, be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Um, I'm the vine. You're the branches. If a man remains in me, I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away, withers, plucked up, burned, thrown into a fire. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Okay. And that's where I stopped. And I said, Lord, I absolutely want this place. This place of remaining or abiding. I want to live in this place. This is everything I've hoped and dreamed for in ministry. I see displayed right here in those eight verses. And I remember for maybe a period of eight of six months, nearly every day, I would pray through this, those first eight verses. An unusual thing happened to me this year, earlier. I'm, I'm preaching through a series on Jesus' commandment at a congregation. Succeeding weeks, I think three or four weeks. And they've asked me morning and evening to come and teach through the series. And I was just uh, preparing to go to India at that time. And it, it, I just thought it's going to be good for me just to go through the material and just to be able to share it and get kind of connected with people in the commandment. And so uh, it was a good time. But what surprised me was all of a sudden a light went on inside of me. And it said... 49 years ago, you stopped at verse 8. You missed the key to actually taking this place of abiding in me. Because that starts in verse 9. Well, in the meantime, that had developed as a whole other message to me. So I want to, in the context, you need to understand that I think the word remain or abide is used, uh, I was thinking I had it in my notes here, but it's either, uh, it may be 16 times in this right here. It's like a huge word. But it doesn't stop in verse 8. You've heard me say, remain, 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 as I've been reading this. It doesn't stop there. It goes on in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, do you remember what I told you about the shift? with the birth of the Son. In the Old Covenant, the focus was on our finite ability to love God with everything in us and to love our neighbors we loved ourselves. In the New Covenant, the, the focus becomes God's infinite ability to love us and through us to love others. So now we hear Jesus saying in that pattern, as the Father has loved me, that's how I've loved you. 
now remain in my love. That's that word. Abide in my love. All of a sudden, I saw the connection. This is where Jesus was going. How do I abide in you? I mean, I have literally, you know, we have tons of vineyards in California. Um, uh, up and down the Central Valley, we have vineyards. Uh, uh, in the monastery that's near us, the Vina Monastery has uh, vineyards. Uh, we have tens of thousands of acres in, of vineyards in the Sonoma area, just driving through them. My wife and I drove through them uh, recently. And it's just, they're all over. But when I was in this place, I would stop and look at the vineyard and these incredibly rugged vines that had come up. And I would say, God, show me, how do I abide in you? What do I need to see? Show me. Do you need to pick me up and just put me in? I mean, how do you do this? And I was asking, just saying, Lord, whatever it is, now I see it. It's in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remain in my love. Abide in my love. Here's the way I translate it now. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now make my love your home. Would you say that with me? Now make my love your home. Because where you abide is your abode. It's where you live. It's where life happens for you. It's where you lay down at night. It's where you get up in the morning. Are you willing to make it, I, I call the message, my new address. Because I think he has invited me and you and us as his body to say, will you make this your new address? Will you make my love your home? It's like someone who lives maybe in a community near you who has the most luxurious place that you have ever seen, you have ever beheld. And you've driven by it many times. And you've looked over and you've thought, wow, the privilege that the people who live there must enjoy. And as you drive by, you contemplate that, you maybe see someone, you might even talk to someone who's actually been inside of it. Or someone who uh, was invited there for an evening or, or whatever. But all of a sudden, you get an invitation that says, you were invited to move in. To make this place where you live. I mean, it's, I, I just look at this now, and I see it as the most incredible invitation given to the body of Christ. Would you like a change of address? Would you like to make His love your home? Would you like it to be the place you lay down every night and the place you wake up every morning, the place out of which you do all of your living, everything you do, you do it out of this incredible place which is now home for you. You've been invited. You've been invited to actually make it your permanent residence. <laughs> to move out of the places of doubt and fear and unbelief and insecurity and hurt and wounding and all of the things that happen when we don't know we're loved and to move into his place and to make it home.
As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now make my love your home. If you guard my commands, never letting them out of your sight, you will make my love your home. Just as I've guarded my Father's commands, and I've made His love my home. I've told you this so my joy can be in you and your joy can be complete. Oh my goodness. This is phenomenal to me. I mean, it's just like over the top. You mean this can be me? It's almost the kind of thing that just says, I I can't believe it. It's too good to be true. But see, that's what the enemy would say. You, you don't really deserve to live in a place like this. <laughs> it's not, you, you, you've not really qualified for this. But it's his invitation to us. I told you this so my joy can be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. You see... Jesus, as the Father has loved me, that's how I've loved you. Now, as I have loved you, I want you to love one another. That's why he gives the command, love each other as I have loved you. And it's out of that place of receiving his love. And he goes on to say, greater love is no one than this, than he lay aside his life for his friends. Now, the word interesting, lay down, has also started that same word. Um, uh, it's tethemi in the Greek. It's what started John chapter 13. Because in that moment, Jesus, as he's with his disciples, Jesus, as he's with his disciples, takes off his outer garment and lays it aside and wraps a towel around himself. It's that same word for laying down your life. It's the same word that we see again here. And so that word, tethemi, can actually be translated lay down, lay up, or lay aside. And so the interesting thing is Jesus laid aside his outer garment. And I'm sure he took it up later after he had taken the towel off and he put it back on again. And um, the interesting thing is Jesus when he went to the cross, laid aside his life. Through the resurrection, he would take it up again. But his death, you have to realize, he had long before in the heavenlies determined to lay aside his life and say, I'm going to come. Yes, Father, I will come. I will not count my equality something to be grasped. I will lay it aside and I will come and be born, um, become a man be born, suffer death, even death on the cross. Uh, But I think for us, um, one of the reasons I like to uh, contemplate the word uh, tethame as lay up, lay down, or lay aside, and part of the time I I translate it in this place, lay aside your life. The greater love is no one than this, that he lay aside his life for his friends. Partly because when we say lay down your life, we think it just means dying for someone. 
It says in 1 John, Jesus laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for one another. And we think he died for me. Someday, maybe I will die for one of my friends. But when you use the term lay aside, I think it helps us understand that while you or I may someday die for a friend, we have many opportunities to lay aside our lives every day. And those are the moments that I think God is calling us to grasp in this season. We need to learn what it is to lay aside our lives because I think every act of love requires us to do exactly that. To lay aside our lives in that moment in order to love others. You can take it back up again. Life's not over for you. You can take it back up again. I, I, I think of my wife. I have a little office in my home. My wife and I have a very small little but beautiful little home uh, that our son built for us. It's uh, 850 square feet. Jonathan, you've been there. Um, and uh, I have a little office there as we have a bedroom that is our bedroom and then we have a little office a little tiny office and um, so sometimes when I'm working in there you know my wife will come by and she'll go up she'll look in the door and she'll go honey uh, could you go upstairs and get out of storage could you get out one of those suitcases I I need to go through it (sighs) you know Baby, uh, you have no idea what you're talking. About. I'm no, I don't. No, I've just pulled this out of the air. I, it's just kind of like, uh, babe, uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm in the middle of something right now. Uh, could this, could this wait like until maybe late this afternoon or something like that? Well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kept needing to do it now. Uh, it's like, you mean you really, you can't even wait till lunch uh, to do it? Uh, well, that would be two hours from now. I don't know what I'm going to do in the meantime. Uh, and then you go, uh, you know, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it now. I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Give me just another minute and I will do it. Just leave the door. I'm just going to finish this sentence. And then, yeah, leave, leave. Don't stand there looking at me. Uh, Okay, and so then it's a matter of going up, you know, huffing up the steps, you know, climbing in there, getting the suitcase, getting the right one, uh, uh, delivering it back down again. Um, Is there anything else you need for now? Anything else? And then sitting back down, I really don't feel... I don't feel any more inspiration. (laughs) Why does she do this to me? (laughs) You know what, by the grace of God, I'm learning? Love always requires me to lay aside my life. And I, see, I'm always in the middle of something. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I have a feeling there is never a convenient time for me. 
And so what I've learned is now the rest of the morning, essentially, I've got to go take a walk or a bicycle ride or go down to Starbucks and see if I can retrieve, uh, you know, etc. But we know what I'm learning. It's like when she comes to the door and says, honey, could you, could you go up and get that suitcase? Uh, I'm just doing some stuff. I need to get that red suitcase up in storage. It's, I know it's somewhere. It's not too far back in there, but you'll find it. Um, um, you, know, you know what? Uh, the easiest thing to do is go, yes, honey, I can do it now. Let's go do it. Come on, here we go. Because I love her, but I have to lay aside my life to do it. Climb up the stairs, you go in there, you find it. It takes three minutes. My wife is happy. She feels loved. I'm able to come back three minutes later, put on my outer clothing again, and do what I was doing before. And I haven't lost anything. It happens so quickly, so naturally. And she feels loved, and I feel loved, and I'm able to keep going with what I do. I just... I just saw that we have a thousand opportunities in a day to lay aside our life for a moment to love someone. And learning to do it, to lay it aside. And then, as Jesus said, the Father has given me a commandment. He said, I can lay aside my life and I can take it back up again. Yeah, I can. And that's a key for us. It's learning to, what we'll, we'll dialogue a little bit about this. Um, and it, he, he just, um, it just unfolds in my thinking. Greater love has no one than this, than he lay aside his life for his friends. You are my friends. When you do what I command, I no longer call you servants, because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends associates actually for everything I've learned from my father I have made known to you you didn't choose me I chose you pointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name this is my command love each other wow that now, John 15, those first, what, 17 verses have taken on new meaning to me. It was the message, what I just shared with you, the message that has taken 47 years, 40, actually 49 years, 47 years, I think, for me to develop. Well, maybe it's either 47 or 49, I have to do the math again. It might be 48. Could be 48. <laughs> Somewhere in there. But it's taken all those years. It's amazing how the Lord didn't disclose that at first, but now I'm seeing it. So, how many of you see new possibilities? <laughs> A change of address. <laughs> Maybe the most significant invitation I've ever gotten in my life. Will you make my love your home? Yes. I'm moving. Here we go. Let's just say it. Say it with me. Father. Say it, Father. Thank you for your Son, Jesus. For the Holy Spirit that you have poured out. For a profound invitation to make your love my home. My abode. 
my new address. Lord, I want to move now. I'm moving in. Out of fear. Out of doubt. Out of rejection. Out of poverty. Into your grace. Into your love. Into your amazing provision. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I receive it. Amen. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm uh, experiencing new aspects to life. This doesn't happen overnight in terms of experience, how it is, but honestly, my life has been changed by this word, this message from Jesus. It's like opened up whole new possibilities. I had no idea his love was so accessible to me. And what a gracious gift. Romans 5, 5, God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given. Receive it. Amen.